0: But this indicates that there may not be enough um, available gold in COMEX to satisfy current demand. Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. Everyone, this is Rob from GoldSilverPros.com. It is January 6th, 2023. I'm recording this about noon Central Standard Time. So all prices and quotes on investments will reflect that time period. We'll put this out probably Sunday evening or Monday morning, which you'll get before the market's open. So you can use to plan out your week and know what is going on. As of the time of this recording, gold is doing pretty well. It's up at 1861.88. It is punched through a key uh, resistance level at 1846, which I just talked about on the show yesterday, which is nice to see gold going up. It's up about $30 on the day. Excuse me. Silver is at 2379, up 57 cents on the day. Looking at what we saw this week with the major economic reports and data points, we saw the SP manufacturing index come in exactly as expected at a print of 40.2. Construction spending was a little bit below expectations of 48.4. They had it at 48.5, so it's about where they thought it would be. Job openings at 10.5 million, quits at 4.2 million. And the FOMC minutes that were released Monday, I'm sorry, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, all basically the Fed basically said they're not going to um, they're going to continue to raise interest rates. The target right now is about 5.25%. They're not going to continue to ease this year. They don't see the need for it. We'll see if uh, they continue that stance throughout the year. Motor vehicle sales are way down 13.3 million versus 4.14.2 last month. And then, of course, the big news is always the jobs report. ADP came in at 235,000, which was a lot higher than expectations of 153, Was initial jobless claims came in lower than expected, 204,000 versus 223,000. Continuing jobless claims for those that continue to be jobless up into about a year timeframe where they fall off, the official numbers is 1.69 million, a little bit less than last month at 1.72. The trade deficit is moderating as we have deflation. We're down now only 61.5 billion a month, meaning we buy 61.5 billion more in merchandise from the rest of the world in the last month than they bought from us. That's imports over exports but that has fallen last month it was 77.8 and i believe that's because we're in the deflationary part of this multi-stage inflation cycle s and us services pmi looking at the services market is at 44.7 it's about what expectations were slightly higher although it's negative in terms of it's not accelerating it is decelerating just a tad Non-farm payrolls, the big pay report from the government came in at 223,000 new jobs above expectations of 200, but below last month at 256,000. As a result, the unemployment rate came in at 3.5, a little bit lower than the 3.7 expected. Hourly earnings did raise just a little bit at 0.3% for the month, which is about 3.5% for the year. It does not keep up with CPI and we'll get those CPI numbers next week. It looks like to me, average hourly earnings are a little bit less than official inflation. So that means that about 3 to 4 to 5% clip conservatively. Wage earners are losing purchasing power per year. Of course, that's looking at the government numbers. If you look at shadow stats and what we think are real inflation numbers, it's much higher, probably around 17 to 20%, or it was, although it's probably coming down just a little bit. Factory orders were a negative 1.8%, meaning that we're not ordering as much stuff. And I believe that's because we're in the deflationary cycle. And the ISM services index, another measure of the service economy was down below 50 at a 49.6 print. That's a slight deceleration way under expectations however economists expected the service economy to do a 55.1% didn't turn out that way looking at the market the Dow Jones is trading up 517 points the headline on CNBC is it stocks stage first big rally of 2023 as hopes of easing inflation grow Dow up 500 I don't know where they get that because the Fed was not particularly um did not was not particularly frothy on the economy I think that's the market just making it up and having a low beginning of year uh, uh enthusiasm i don't think that'll probably last but we'll see what happens so dow is up 1.57% the s&p is up 1.57% the nasdaq is up 1.61% and the russell 2k is up 1.91% if we look at the bond markets we're still in yield curve inversion indicating an oncoming recession that's why i don't understand the stock markets The U.S. one month is at 4.198 and every treasury issuance from the one month all the way up to the 10 year is in backwardation with the 10 year. I'm sorry, in yield curve inversion, the 10 year is at 3.589. Every other issuance from seven year to one month is at a higher rate. That means that investors, bond investors see more short term risk in the commune than long, which is an indicator of an oncoming recession. If we look at the cryptocurrencies, we have a little bit of red today. Bitcoin is down 44 bucks. To sixteen thousand eight hundred seven twenty-two, we have Ethereum up nine dollars and sixty-one cents to twelve sixty-two. Sixty-two Litecoin is up sixty-six cents to seventy-five thirty-five, and that's all the ones that I care to quote to you. Uh, wage growth is down. So there's a chart here from the Labor Department. I'm going to share a screen and show this to you guys. And uh, this situation really kind of depicts what's going on with hourly earnings. As noted, we are on a decidedly downward trend in 22 with respect to wage earnings. So the average that uh, weekly wage earners are earning, the acceleration in that is declining. So in other words, they're still getting more in terms of their wages, but the amount that they're getting more is decelerating. So the rate of acceleration in wage growth is is slowing down and pretty soon we may go to a negative print. We'll have to see. Uh, here's some charts that somebody wrote an article on Zero Hedge and put out there with regard to the to the BLS report on non-farm payrolls. And what they do is they compare a couple of things. They're looking at average weekly hours on employees. Not only are wages going down, uh, wage increases, but the overall hours that employees can work has gone down since the pandemic. Um, there's also a difference between the household and establishment survey. The establishment survey is a survey that doesn't look at actual households. It looks at proxies for this in the economy, but the actual household survey done actually queries households and is more real data. And the household survey has been for quite some time showing more unemployment than the establishment survey. The household survey was closer to the other unemployment report that we got before the ADP, before they changed it. The ADP now changes to be more like the establishment survey. So now you're getting a lot of playing around with the numbers and you can't compare past periods for ADP and all that stuff. But it appears as though when you get real boots on the ground data, unemployment's actually worse than what you get through these proxies. And that's shown by these two lines. And this is the different about 2.1 million, which is a lot of jobs. Uh, job changes November to December. We increase uh, part time and a lot of multiple job holders. That means full time. We did not have an increase. Uh, I think it was like negative. Negative one. So about the same, but part time jobs went way up and multiple job holders. So when you see a certain amount of jobs in the economy, a certain amount of people, you have to account for the fact that a lot of people had multiple jobs. So it may actually be less people employed than the BLS actually believes. And I think that is borne out in the labor force participation survey, which you can see, which is just simply the amount of money, the amount of people in society that can't can and are willing to work versus employed. And that's down to 62%. So that would be basically a 38% unemployment rate if you consider all those people. And when you add in the fact that we have multiple job holders and part-time jobs, the, the, un, the unemployment situation is not quite as rosy. March to December of a longer time frame, full-time jobs went way down in the economy, part-time went way up and multiple job holders went way up. Now we're gonna switch over to going over gold and silver. We're at the CME's website. We're gonna take a look at gold first. We're gonna look at volume and open interest not a lot going on in the january contract we're just going to get this year's data guys we're in, in um 2023 and this is just the way that they choose to do this of course we can go back if we want into previous months or go forward it looks like it doesn't look like we're going to go back and get the old data so it looks like we have one day's worth of data here for january we sell at a price of 18.55 uh, not much trade going on volume of open interest on the february contract we 358 contracts pretty good EFP 6214. So in February, there were 6,200 contracts of gold that they went and got the gold or they went and did price arbitrage with the London market. I suspect that there may not be as much liquid gold on the COMEX because we've seen these EFPs. And what this is, is exchange for physical between a futures contract and COMEX and the potential uh, for basically for an OTC contract in London and the potential to actually get that metal or maybe play price arbitrage between the two products, uh, the two markets. But this indicates that there may not be enough um, available gold in COMEX to satisfy current demand. That's something that we'll continue to pay attention to. If we look at the settlement data, which tells us where the price went, uh, as of... Yesterday's data, Thursday, January 5th, we had 190,000 contracts closed on the dominant month of February for gold. And they settled down at about $18.40 to 1840.60. If we look back one day at Wednesday's data, again, the February is the dominant contract. Estimated volume for the day, 200,000. Average close, 1859, up $12. So we've seen a little bit of back and forth on gold, definitely uh, overall starting the year very well. Looking at the actual depositories, COMEX has lost a fair amount of gold in the last four weeks. This is a rolling four-week chart we look at every week uh, from Nickelodeon Site Gold Charts RS. So overall, a reduction in the amount of ounces of gold in the COMEX. And if you look here, the last time we covered this, there were 13 million ounces of gold in registered, which is the liquid tradable inventory in COMEX, whereas eligible is private storage and therefore not liquid, unless people want to put it in registered. There's a process to do that. This is down two million ounces, in just a couple of weeks. So gold is being taken off the COMEX. It looks like the last four weeks, about 500,000 out of registered, uh, 300,000 overall off the depository. Some has come into eligible. And if you look at the biggest uh, London holding, which is the GLD, uh, they're showing a, a decrease in the metal standing back silver squeeze. We've covered that a million times. Let's look at the next big one, the iShares IAU ETF for gold. And that one also has seen a runoff. So a lot of fiscal is coming off. And therefore, overall, you do, however, have a little bit between London and the COMEX markets, a little bit actually coming on the last four weeks, although the trend the last couple has been to come off. Going on to silver, we're going to look at volume and open interest. Open interest is pretty much lower than average starting the year a little bit lightly. Uh, Looking at uh, Thursday's data, the dominant contract is March 2023. We had 114,000 contracts at close. We had 600 contracts exchanged between the COMEX to London presumably to get the 5,000 ounce uh, uh, each contract of silver. If we go back a day and look at Wednesday's data, same thing, 117,000 contracts closed for silver, 408 EFPs over to the London market. Look at, look at where we're settling on these actual deals. We see they're closing, where the, where's the price going? This is Thursday's settlement data on the COMEX for the March dominant contract. 60,000 closed yesterday at an average price of $23.42, which is uh, silver closed down 54 cents on the day. This is how it's determined. You take all these contracts, you average out the price that they settled at. That gives you the settlement price for the day, and that gives you the spot price. That's how that works. That's why we cover this data every single week. It's telling you how we get to the spot price. Well, on uh, Wednesday's data of this week, the trade for the March contract, futures contract, 64,617 contracts to settle on an average of 23.96 down 27 cents. So overall, that's the trade in silver. If we look at the actual storage of silver uh, and we look at COMEX, there's actually been a net increase in silver, I would say of about 2.5 million ounces over the last four weeks, although more of the silver is coming off of London. So there's been a little bit of silver that started to come back to COMEX, a lot more uh, moving off to London. We only have 34 million ounces in liquid silver and comex however so if there's any sort of run this could be taken out pretty quick and then we would see if any of the eligible private contract wants to be put back into the liquid trade and registered that's up to the individual owners not to the exchange and not to comex uh, Lastly, last week we're just going to take a look at uh this report and this is the cftc uh cot report or the commitment of traders this data table for several metals which is produced every week tells us how each of the individual groups or traders are repositioning what that tells us is who thinks it's going long, who's going short, and also tells us maybe what the direction of the trade could be moving forward based upon how many contracts are added long and short and who's doing that. Now, this data is as of December 27th. That's usually about a week to 10 days old. So this data is going to tell us where the prices went here. Essentially, this is backward looking. There has been a big change in silver. It has been several months in which the swap dealers or uh, the bullion banks, what I call the sharps on the market, were net long on silver pointing to uh, an increase in the silver price, which did happen. when We got up to $24. Well, now they're net short by about 7,000 contracts. They added 2,127 short contracts for the week and, only, and subtracted off 160 long to go net short uh, for the week's trade of about 2,300 contracts. And so I think now the swap dealers are expecting the price to go down. The managed money is very, very, very long silver. They look to be the dupes in this trade. They'll probably lose money on it. Of course, the producer merchants are net short, as we would expect. They're hedging downward price risk for the silver that they are going to sell on the market. The other reportables are now slightly net long, but moving more to a net short position slightly. And so it looks as though a lot of the the smart money on the market is expecting silver to actually fall. Uh, I wrote an article uh, for Jamboyan's blog uh, last week, I believe, where I looked at the Bloomberg Terminal. And I looked at what were the price predictions for silver for the next two to three years. There were several banks and uh in the swap dealer category which had $17, $18 price targets. There are bullion banks that think the price of silver is going to come down before it comes up. That is entirely possible. I have in a preview of silver for 2023 mentioned that on Jane Bullion as well, the price range could be from 11 to 30 this year. Or we could see it go over 30 if we have a big um geopolitical event or meltdown the economy forces people into silver as a monetary asset but regardless of that if we just have general deflation inflation cycle this year and what people think is going to go on with the economy i expect silver price could fall in that initial sell-off and then rise again and i think the banks are looking at like a 17 dollar target on silver if it does sell off That also tends to indicate to me that we're going to have a much bigger, broader market sell off that's going to affect silver and gold paper trade. But I think silver and gold rebound faster because they typically do. And we'll cover that more in 2023 as we go. Here is gold again as of December 27th. uh, They are very short gold, the swap dealers, 202,000 contracts to 91,000 long. That's more than a, a two to one ratio. Of course, short, the producers make sense they're hedging their price risk until they get the metal to the market. They want to get as much as they can, so they take a short to hedge downward price risk. If the price falls, they make money on the contract to offset the price they lost on the physical commodity. That's called legitimate hedging. They're basically, this is the only group that does legitimate hedging most of the time. There could be some legitimate hedging in here, but honestly, with all the ounces they have here, I don't think a lot of producers are using it. Managed money is about double long gold. They're 106,983 contracts long, only 56,106 short and are, as are the other reportables, the family offices and what the individuals are almost four to one, 122,000 long to 3,600 short. Overall, I expect the gold and silver will have a very adventurous year. It looks like people are positioning for uh, different directions in gold and silver for the year. We'll pay attention to that because it matters because that's what drives price. But the big news here in terms of the bullion trade is the bullion banks have gone net short silver. I expect therefore silver to maybe uh, drift off a little bit in price until that's adjusted unless so the rest of the market comes in heavy on the long side and takes the opposite side those bullion banks and decides to bid it up. That is entirely possible. We'll see what happens. Unemployment report, not quite what we expect. I think we covered that here. It's not quite as rosy as we expect. So we'll continue to look at fundamentals going through the rest of the year. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Shop with our trusted partner, Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website or call 307- 264 9441 Hey, everybody. We're back with the weekly market wrap-up with the metals with Ian of Art Silver. Ian, how are you doing today? I'm good, Rob. It's good to see you. Smiling face. You're looking good. Thank you very much. Good to see you as well. You gave me a call earlier this morning, Ian, and you had this theory, this epiphany, I guess I'll say, on what's going to happen to the economy. And, and it does appear, just to kind of set this up for people, it does appear that there tends to be some pushback on what the global plan is that we talk about all the time. And it, it appears as though people are making some progress, and perhaps that could be some good news for people. But I think you have a theory on this, why don't you enlighten us as to what your view is?
1: Yeah, sure. So so the elites, the Federal Reserve, the central banks, whoever owns the world or think they own the world, they have a problem. This existing financial system is going to blow up. It is blowing up. We've had tremors, you know, the British pensions, we've got the European banks, Deutsche Bank credit, Credit, bank, commerce, um, Credit Suisse, BN paribas they're all teetering on the on the brink. They're all about to blow up. We've got countries about to implode, um, Germany, Europe, the Euro, on and on and on. So we've got crises happening and about to happen, coming at us from all angles. It's not a black swan, it's um, whatever the collective name for a group of swans is. There's a 10, 20, 30, 30 things that could trigger a systemic financial breakdown. So things have come to a head, because I believe they want an excuse to do a reset into a fully digital system. We're close there anyway. Most transactions are monitored, controlled, recorded. Um, But their objective is to get us into a fully digital currency. Now, the problem with that is if you bring all the perceived wealth into the new system, it's just as fragile as the old system. That won't work. So you've got to burn off. When I say you, the system has got to burn off or trap an awful lot of perceived wealth. So we need they need bag holders. So thinking they've got this wealth, thinking they can use it in the future. And that's got to get stranded on the other side behind the new digital dollar. And so this morning, I've been pondering on it and I heard somebody else talk about it on Monaco 64 a week or so ago. And I think I'm convinced this is how they can do it and make it work, at least for a few
0: years. So real quick before before you get in that, I'm going to kind of set this up a little bit. So what we've been talking about, I think a lot of people have been talking about in the alternative media is the new system, central bank digital currencies, replacement of the paper dollar uh, maybe destruction in the debt system, some sort of either debt forgiveness or debt destruction that would flush out a lot of the junk in the system and allow it to do the reset and have you know, another version of the dollar emerge perhaps. So that's kind of what we've been talking about and what you're about to outline is maybe a mechanism for how that could take place. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, go ahead. Yeah, no, sure. So
1: I, I'm convinced their their plan and it will use a crisis as a smoke screen. So something will cause the whole banking system to freeze up, go ice nine, I think that's a Jim Rickards phrase. Everything just freezes, nothing moves. A bit like 2008, but a whole lot worse. And this time printing up 40% more currency which won't work because they did that over a few years last time. And before that, they did that over 16 years. This time, they'll have to do it in months, if not weeks. That won't work. The public won't swallow it. They will realize the dollar is worthless. The euro to pound is worthless. And then that's the end of the currency. So they need a crisis, a smoke smokescreen. Um, and, and if that crisis doesn't come along quick enough and people do realize that the fiat currencies are dead, well, that will cause the financial breakdown freeze that they need as an excuse to do the reset anyway. So whatever happens coming forwards, there's a crisis coming. Um, So what will happen? You get your new digital dollar. And since 90%, I I don't know, maybe 80, 90% of Americans probably don't have more than a few thousand in their bank accounts. As long Mm -hmm. as that moves into the new digital dollars and they get a sweetener, maybe 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 digital dollars, they'll be happy. They'll carry on going to work. Everybody, everybody be buying, selling. you will be able to fill up your car with gas. Everything carries on. No, no dystopian breakdown. No Mad Max. Mm-hmm. No, no sinking into bartering. Um, but what what happens to the people who've got more than ten thousand or fifty thousand or whatever the amount they've decided? That will stay as old dollars. And they'll say, well, this will get transferred through in a few weeks and a few months when the system's stabilised. Don't worry, you've got enough to keep going for now. Maybe you can do 20,000 a month. But at some point, people will realise the old dollars won't be allowed to pass through into the new system, the ones that have been left behind. It'd be like a, a whale a stranded whale on a beach. It's there, it exists, it's a whale, but it's gonna die. Mm -hmm. And so these dollars that get stranded are going to die. So you've got people who've gone done a sensible thing, gone to cash to get out of stocks and bonds and all this crazy stuff, even out of real estate. But if they don't understand what is going to happen, that cash will get stranded. They'll have enough to live on. They'll get transferred through to the new system. Uh, And also what this would very conveniently do, they can decide whose debt gets left behind in the old system. So my mortgage... Probably will get ported through to the new system, and I'll owe it in new dollars just as much. They may even reset the interest rate. But you can bet your life that the Federal Reserve's debt, the U.S. government's debt, will get left behind in old dollars. And what's another nation going to do about that? You know, and so say a nation, say China, owes a trillion dollars of U.S. debt. Well, be hard luck, see. <laughs> like you're not getting, you're not getting your money, but you're not getting that that value um i can't see any other way how they can bring in a a fully digital currency that will survive after a crisis without burning off wealth perceived wealth and debt and they can be very selective who are the winners who are the losers the winners will be the ones who are connected to the people who are making these plans they'll be front running so i think you asked me this morning well what the signs be well I think the metals will start to move because that's the obvious place. There's, there's, there's not much better I can think of, if anything better, than precious metals, um, very little or no carrying cost, absolute privacy. Mm-hmm. And the next best is farmland, um, maybe with, with n- little or no carrying cost. But for, for most people they are blissfully unaware, their wealth is trapped up in financial instruments and it will be arbitrary, which ones survive and which ones
0: don't. Hmm. And so this is sort of a, an artifact of previous systems where they reset to paper currencies, they would reset to gold. The old paper currency would be a lot less valuable and people yeah. would you know, burn it as firewood to use it to build houses in some cases. Yeah. So, So that could be what happens to the dollar. What happens to the debt system? Is there going to be debt forgiveness or debt destruction? Because I, I don't, Think the new system, they're going to want to lay it. They're not, they're not going to worry and burden it with all the debt that they have in the existing system. No.
1: And the bulk of the unsustainable debt is the government debt mm-hmm. and the central bank debt. Their losses now are just racking up in the tens of billions a day. Mm-hmm. That's unsustainable. It can never be repaid. Um, so that will disappear. But somebody's mortgage who probably just as likely can carry on earning and pay it down over the, the remaining term, that will get transferred. Um, we, we have some history from the Weimar hyperinflation period. Um, personal debt got transferred through, but big business debt didn't, or it didn't get re-rated into the new currency. It stayed at the old level, so therefore it disappeared.
0: And there's of course, going to be ones. So what that does is bail out the big entities guy, exactly. by, by yep. putting the burden upon... Yeah. Small people, yeah. and I wonder if if mortgages flow through the new system. Can you? Wouldn't you have to acquiesce to that because contracts written in the old system? When you have to sign off on that, so maybe they incentivize you to do it. I'd stay in the old system and just pay it off. I mean, you pay it off with of gold silver if you have a little bit. Is that is that going to be possible? Because yeah. if I'm looking at the new system, yeah. I'm like, I'm no, 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 I'm not going to the yeah. new devalued dollar. I'm yeah. going to or the new dollar. I'm yeah. paying off in the old devalued ones. Yeah
1: there may well be an opportunity there if you get a choice or there may be a transition period where it's in the old, your debt is in the old system. And if you have a tangible asset, you can sell, you might be able to buy old dollars. There might be a secondary market for the old dollars that are trapped that can't go into the new dollars and use the old dollars to pay off old debt. There's, there is that possibility. Yeah.
0: Mm. All right. Very good. Well, we're going to explore this more in, in coming episodes. I think there's a lot there, more there to talk about. Uh, but let's get on to the metal. How are the metals doing? What are you seeing in the metals market? Is it frothy? Do we, I mean, prices have been up for sure. It's been a nice start to uh, 2023. What's going on in the physical markets?
1: Yeah, I mean, wholesalers are still, we just refreshed the spot. So we're 2380. So we've been up and down to 24 and a half, down to 23. A lot of volatility there. Mm -hmm. which is not quite sure what that reason is, whether it's manipulation or it's just as we're heading towards, now we just jumped up to 2390. I mean, these, I never remember it moving this much, a dollar, a dollar and a half in a day, up and down, up and down. Um, Whether that's deliberate to scare people out of buying, I don't know. Um, Wholesale premiums are still falling. Mm -hmm. Um, They're the lowest I've ever seen on most products now.
0: Oh, the wholesale premiums are? Yeah. Not so on that's retail yet. To people at the retail level, it seems that like premiums have come down. We were looking at 10 ounce silver bars, and it's between I think three and five, maybe depending on where you go and what type of bar you're looking at.
1: The the retail spread seems to be widening from from I mean, I guess we're dealers, we all look at each other's prices when we've got time and there's comparison mm-hmm. sites. So the spread seems to be widening between retail and wholesale. Oh, I and mean, that's partly because oh, yeah. The bigger companies probably got caught with a lot of inventory that they paid a higher premium at. Even How are you that, Ian?
0: Because I know you had some inventory as well. Did did that affect you? Where? Because I I know that I know that several billion dealers did exactly that. That there were high premiums they paid. Now it's going to be difficult for them to make money, so they may hold back inventory for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I bought incredibly heavily at nineteen, and then backed off. I mean, I've been buying all the way down from twenty six. So cost averaging down, not up. <laughs> okay. Um, but I don't value my inventory on a mark-to-market basis because I'm not selling all my inventory. Um, it it moves ounces coming in, ounces go out, or ounces go out, ounces come in. I just I just count ounces, and as long as I can just gently keep increasing my ounces, I I know in in maybe in months it will it will pay off. So it's not about earning dollars now; it's about building ounces
0: okay so what type of deals do you have for people that are interested in silver
1: you name it um we've got silver backgrounds a one dollar 95 premium we've got hundred ounce bars dollar 60 premium we've got some nice your one of your favorites oh it is and my favorite Britannia's. The World, right?
0: yeah
1: the, these are the, Royal, the mint from, from britain yeah we've got those. Yeah. We've got all the silverback range. Uh,
0: we've got eagles, maples. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty well everything. Awesome. So how do people reach out to you if they're interested in buying bullion? Uh, go through Rob's link and then that helps his channel. Keeps him fed and watered. Which... <laughs> yep, go to goldserviprodes.com, click on the, the ARC link and we'll put that down in the description, the, the direct link to that form in the bit, in the video description. All you guys got to do Click on that, fill out some basic details, and Ian will get back to you. All right, Ian, uh, that's awesome for this week, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Rob. Hey, thanks for watching. We selected these videos just for you. Check them out. And remember $4.99 a month keeps the lights on and the channel going. So join our Gold Silver Pro supporter membership. We appreciate your support. Keep stacking.